Welcome to Speaking Highly with John Huck. I am your host, John Huck. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you can like and subscribe, that would be awesome. We are on YouTube. And if you can't watch on YouTube, we are on all the audio platforms. So uh, it would be amazing if you could get in there and do that. Uh, with me as always, Indy Fawcett. How are you, man? Doing well, doing well, John. How you doing, man? Good, good, good. Uh, today's topic is sobriety, which I am fully aware is not necessarily a humorous topic, um, nor will every topic we talk about be humorous. Um, but and and also uh, disclaimer: not a medical expert, not a doctor, not a rehab expert. I'm in no way an expert on any of those things. But I wanted to do a show that celebrated people who have gotten sober, have gotten their life together, have turned things around. And honestly, it, it's it's because people matter. You guys matter. Things matter. Yeah. If you if you don't think you matter, you're wrong. Like I there's a guy I follow on Twitter, barely know the dude, barely know him. He makes me laugh every day. <laughs> One of the things that he is very open about is he was basically at the edge of the abyss. You know, he was an alcoholic. He couldn't he couldn't turn it around and was able to eventually get help, learn, figured out he needed help, got help, and now is still around today. Like he's only alive today because he got sober. Like he wouldn't have been able to continue living the way he drank. And now uh, that enabled him to have a family. And for his family, that's great. And for him, that's great, his quality of life. But also, honestly, it improves my life. I laugh at the shit he writes online and that doesn't mean like I'm gonna go live with him or we're gonna be you know best friends. But like, if oh, he's affecting me, if he's yeah. affecting me in a positive way, then that's great. That's amazing, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, that's and and everybody does that whether they know it or not. You can affect people that you have never met that you don't. I mean, that's the beauty of the internet is you can reach people you don't know and affect them in a positive way if right. you want. And I think that's the ultimate doing your part so to speak, you know, like it's yeah. often cliched, but yeah, no, but I mean, look, if, if you're, if you're one of those people who don't think you can turn it around or, you know, don't think you can live without it, there are programs, there are people you oh, can yeah. talk to. There's all kinds of stuff. And, and, and again, you matter. So take, make that call, reach out, do, do what you have to do because it's in the long run, you're going to look back and be glad that you did. Right. If that makes sense. Um, and addiction, it it's like a fucking cancer. It you yeah. can't you could be predisposed to it genetically, you know, you could run in your family. Uh, you know, it could be something that feels like it's passed down. Also, it can hit anybody or anyone at any time, uh, regardless of economic status or, you know, um, regardless of race or anything. It's rich, poor, big, small. It's just entrenched in human beings in general. Right. As, and then and then exacerbated by by genetics as know? long like we yeah. uh, the the fr first of all, addiction wasn't even considered a disease until 1956. I just read an article that said it's now believed that since mankind came down from the trees, since humankind, sorry, came down from the trees, they've been drinking alcohol in one form or another. So even <laughs> cavemen figured out how to get drunk. Like as long as we've had music, which is since man was able to like, tap on anything, yeah, right? <laughs> we've had alcohol. So yeah. it, which which is kind of a newer discovery. It's now thought the article was like, hey, and happy hour started a lot earlier than we thought it did. Like 
cute, but that's true. And so it's right. clearly was an issue for longer than until 1956. It was just 1956 they started to see it as something that needed attention. But before that even, there were rehabs. There was an all-female rehab facility in Chicago that started in the late 1800s. So wow. people knew about it, you know what yeah. I mean? People knew that it was ruining lives. And I don't, right. I don't, mean, to, I don't mean to pick on alcohol. I mean, I, I just, uh, alcohol is kind of what, was the seed for it all, but obviously people are addicted to drugs, they're addicted to gambling, they're addicted to sex. There's all kinds of things you can get rehabilitated for. Right. I think I think you know back then I don't think you needed a, a, a lot of uh, science to tell you that doing these things wasn't the healthiest thing for you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm um, bleeding out of my eyes. Maybe I shouldn't <laughs> do this anymore. Um, but that doesn't yeah. stop some people. That's the crazy right. thing That's, is like yeah. the, the, there are a couple schools of the idea of sobriety. And the one would be that, you know, you're in your pure form, whatever, nothing inside you. Now that one, I don't, I can't, because are we talking vitamins? Are we talking, it's, right. it's got its place, but it's yeah. a little, it seems, it seems a little much for me. Right. Whereas my idea of sobriety, I know I just burp like I'm drunk. I'm not, <laughs> my, my idea of sobriety. Um, my idea of sobriety would Easy be- Easy for you to say. Yeah. Would, be, would be life balance. You know, if yeah, something, right. if, if, if like I was drinking too much, it was pulling my focus off everything else. So when I cut back on drinking, I was able to focus and even everything out and then give everything it's, you know- right. It kind of comes. It comes down to control, right? You want to be able to control any situation at any moment. Moderation is right. key, and that, unfortunately, I've, I'm lucky. I feel very lucky that uh, moderation works for me. It doesn't work for a lot of people, and it didn't work for our guest today, um, Amy Dresner. Um, Incredible guest, podcast a, a uh, host, yeah, yeah. ex-comedian, recovering addict, author of the fantastic uh, recovery memoir *My Fair Junkie*. Came out in nine, uh, I almost said nineteen seventeen. Came out in <laughs> two thousand seventeen, twenty seventeen, um, and has been slowly selling, but also, as she tells us, helping people legitimately. Yeah. And she, <clears throat> like I said, this isn't a contest. People's no addiction is you know everyone's it's people's different. Lives. It's yeah. people's lives. Yeah. Amy has as a very extreme case. You know what I mean, of of being off balance in terms of her life, <clears throat> and you know we talked to her about why and how. And again, she was a rich kid from Beverly Hills. You know, essentially, so it wasn't like she was poor, living in the streets and couldn't figure it out. You know, right. um, but like her story is intense and it like i don't want people to think well i'm not that i don't have that like if you're if it's something's pulling your focus if you're not able to balance things out it might behoove you to get some help you know yeah. um and also she puts everything in her book like she put everything out there in order to help people you know what i mean right. and i think that's in one of the, in in one case we kind of talk about Yes, there's a lot of things she did that were awful and terrible and she feels bad about, but also those things put her here with this book now and helping who knows how many hundreds of maybe thousands of people. So the past is in the past. You can't change it. What can you, you do with what you got in front of you? Yes. And how can you move forward and be the best person you can be and bring other people up with you? You know what I mean? Right. Help people out as you go. So yeah. um, it's a great discussion. She's a fantastic human being. And uh, again, also another person I'm very happy is still around. Um, yeah, 
yeah, so enjoy Amy Dresner, everybody. Are you sober now? Me? Yeah. Um, well, not really. I mean, I guess... I heard like rumors that you got sober or well, something. Well, here's- or here, maybe you told me. I, I guess what, uh, doing like research for this show or whatever, first of all, um, guest today, Amy Dresner, uh, writer, author, blogger, um, ex-comic, I don't know, still comic? I know, I no one likes recovering comic. Reco recovering, recovering, <laughs> recovering comedian. <laughs> Uh, and author of the book My Fair Junkie, which I just read, by the way. Um, oh, cool. And I loved it. I loved it. Thank um, you. Oh, thank you. I mean, it was uh, <laughs> heartbreaking at times and like yeah. really sad. And then, yeah. but it, but in the sense that, you know, at the end of it, you seem to come out on top. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm still sober, but everything's changed. I'm working on book two now. You like, are. That happy ending, that guy's gone. Well, that's because that those endings are like... Yeah. I, I'm not, I know I'm beginning to think that the happy ending of your first memoir is like the sad beginning of your second memoir. I mean, it could be. I don't know. Right? What it doesn't necessarily always have to be sad, but I feel like there's like these... Like if you watch, this is such a weird example. They but want you to have it like end on a happy note. That's like the publisher. They want a narrative arc and they want hope, especially with some, a story like one that was so fucking gnarly. Right. But a lot of really, really intense shit happened since that's been published. And so now I'm working on book two. When did, um, when did the first one come out? It was a couple of years. 2017, but I was okay. three years sober and now I'm eight years sober. Hey, congratulations. Thank you. That's amazing. Um, no, yeah, it really is. Because a lot of gnarly shit happened. And we're going to talk about it. In we'll between? About in it. between book oh, one? Yeah. I mean, well, that's the, you know, that's the book that I'm writing where everyone writes these sober, like, addiction memoirs. And it's like, and I got sober and, like, my life was perfect. It was like rainbows and unicorns. It's like, mm, like, after the book got published, everything fucking blew up in my face. Like, both my parents got ill. Uh that guy dumped me like it was really really intense a lot of shit happened major financial problems everyone thinks you're rich because you publish a book which is so not D true that's like people in the midwest thinking you're rich because you do comedy and you were on tv right. once exactly. it's like right. dude you're like uh no mm -mm. yeah not so, how it works yeah a lot of i mean wh what you know and then there's all of the developmental delay wherein like now i'm sober and I don't know, there's all this shit that I should have learned in my 20s, but I was too busy smoking meth and shooting coke and whatever. And now I'm fucking 51 and I can't cook and I don't know how to do my taxes and I don't know how to change the oil in my car. And I'm, I mean, like, I'm this weird child. That's you know a, I mean, I mean I, that's kind of like, um, almost like when you, if you go into prison, if you're in prison for a really long exactly. time, you come Very out like, like there are people that went in before the internet who are coming yeah, out now like, that are like, exactly. how do I maneuver in this world? Yeah, exactly. So you're shot out of this sort of like bubble where everyone's been taking care of you or you've been in treatment or you've been in, you know, you're, or you've been coddled by a rich ex-husband or your parents. And now all of a sudden you're by yourself and, and everyone's like, oh my God, you're so, oh my God, you're so inspirational. Like, uh, and you're like, cool, I'm eating cold beans out of a fucking can right now, sitting on like a shitty stool. Because I don't know furniture. how to get furniture and I don't know how to cook yeah, and I don't I'm know like how to fucking, be nutritious. Yeah, I don't and know I, how to do anything. 
And it's like, and I'm also, and it's like also where the work starts, like the drugs and the alcohol were the solution. They weren't the problem. Like you pull that away and it's like, oh, here's all my mental illness and here's all my childhood trauma and here. So then all of a sudden you start really doing the work and it's not fun at all. No, but that's, that's, that's really telling and very factual is like people are like oh well you know this person is addicted to alcohol they're addicted to drugs it's like if they could just get off those things it's like like you said those things are the solution yeah, to the things that are driving them crazy so it's like that's what's making them kind of like chill out on the on you know that's what's making them like like dull down the pain and turn down the volume on stuff and it's like when it's, i took that away i found other stuff you know, you find food, you find gambling, you find sex, you find love, you find It's shopping, just, so it's just filling in the gaming. hole. Yeah, I mean, and until, until you, you really sort, yeah, work until on you that hole. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but also that stuff never, I mean, that for me anyway, and I can't speak for other people, but I will always have that sort of addict brain that's like obsessive and ruminating and kind of like, you know, uh it's never enough and like and a lot of that's biology i found out i did some you know i, I got into the science of it and it's low dopamine tone a lot of it is biology so just your genetic makeup being oh, you don't get you don't get in as much dopamine as say yeah, so somebody else supplement. i actually tested for um a genetic mutation called mthfr which a lot of um, addicts and uh, alcoholics have where you can't get folic acid, you don't, you're, there's a fuck up in the enzyme where you take folic acid from like green vegetables and it makes it into L-methylfolate, which is the building block of dopamine and serotonin. So Jesus. you're already fucked. You're already at a low dopamine tone. And so you're like, your brain is like, we need dopamine. But so, but the stuff you pick just shoots you fucking so high up. Like I didn't pick like, oh, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, feed the homeless i was like let's shoot you know, yeah let's shoot i'm gonna have a i'm gonna have a green yeah. tea no yeah. uh -uh. And it's I'm... like so it creates huge huge rush and then a huge crash and then if you do that enough then your brain goes wow there's too much dopamine and then dopamine receptors cl like close down and stuff like that because it's trying to like so like is that a permit is that a permanent thing that can't be a permanent uh, thing right no but I mean, the enzyme, the genetic mutation is permanent. So now I take an L-methylfolate supplement, but it doesn't like fix everything. Right. I'm still obsessive as shit. And like, you know, um, you know, I still have my depression. Yeah. Because every, you know, a writer, comic. Well, it, you know, it, it is and it isn't. Jew, I, th I, th <laughs> I think it's different for everybody. I think like when you asked me if I if I got sober, like not not by the you know Webster's definition of sobriety but I qu I quit drinking the way I I quit drinking for a year and then I just quit drinking the way I used to drink because of that great. year I now oh, if I great. have a cocktail I like am so tired I have to go to sleep so and it takes me like That's amazing. took me a, a a hockey game and a half to finish one beer the other day oh my, so, how how teach me I, but that's the thing is rehabs. it's 25 years i've learned i've tried to do that teach and that's my i'm very fortunate i have a yeah, friend not who many people can do that i mean some people can and i and i'm totally open to that i'm not like hey, hey like i'm not at uh, all so i was going to ask you is if you are there programs that you like because aa is so like that it's pretty fundamentalist and gnarly i did it's not really care for it when i when it was presented to me yeah i'm not surprised because it's, it I, I, it was too much yeah it's a lot 
Yeah. And it's very, I mean, I, you know, I take what I need from it and I throw away the rest. I, I, that's know, what we should um, be doing with like uh, the Bible. Like every, every, like every, all religion right. is I like, mean, there's, there's little there's bits and pieces. Really cool yes. In yeah. AA, like meditation. That's cool. You know what I mean? Like looking at your part and stuff like that's cool. You know, I mean, there's stuff that's from sort of spiritual and cycle and, 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 and psychological philosophies that are really smart that, you know, that's not, he didn't make that shit up. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Being that's like service. Being a- ancient. Service, yeah, being of service, super fucking good. You get a helper's high. Always really important to be of service. The happiest people are people who are in a community, connected, who are of service to each other. You know what I mean? So yes. a lot of that makes sense. And so, um, but like in terms of like the anonymity or like all the God stuff, like I'm a Jew. So like I'm not going to do like the Lord's Prayer and shit like that. Like right. I'm, not, I'm like, mm. it's cognitive behavioral therapy. That's really what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and the, and the stuff you just were talking about, the meditation, like I did, I found all that through other avenues. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Just through like. You created your own program, which is a lot of people are doing that. And there seems to be an alternative, you know, and I, I run a group for Laura McCowan um, called the luckiest club. And it's just a sobriety support. And it's very, very non-denominational. It's not AA. At yeah. All. Yeah. So I'm sort of like, you know, and now working, having a podcast with Joe Schrank, um, yeah, it's called Rehab Confidential, yeah, right? Yes. And we, you know, he, you know, we harm reduction and there's people on there that used to shoot heroin and now can drink like cool. You know what I mean? Like fucking, you know, we talk about all kinds of stuff. So I'm like open, like whatever works for you is awesome. I that's like I can't touch a goddamn thing. I quit like I would I had to quit vaping during the pandemic because I was doing four fucking jewel pods a day. <laughs> <laughs> That's disgusting, like, though. That's gnarly. So many cigarettes. I mean, like that's the kind of you'd better off. You're better off smoking cigarettes at that point. Oh, totally. Oh, totally. Quitting, quitting vaping is a way worse kick than quitting smoking. Ugh. Oh um, yeah, that's yeah. real. So I can't do really anything in moderation. I'm sort of a nightmare. Like this weird vacuum opens up inside of me. Like one date with someone, I meet someone, and I'm like, we're getting married, and it's like, oh god. Like I just like. You know, I mean, I'm very, very, I don't know. Yeah. You know, I'm working on it all. So, yeah, it's, uh, I had to just take away all of it. Yeah. I, I like, I have fr- a friend, a really good friend of mine who I moved out to LA with. Like, he quit, you know, he's been trying to quit smoking cigarettes. He's, he, if he, it's so hard, he can't have like, like when I stopped smoking cigarettes, every once in a while I would have one and I'd be like, eh, I still don't want to have any more cigarettes. And then he, he's like, he would just get mad. He's like, I don't know how oh, you're yeah. doing oh, yeah. that. Like it's yeah. frustrating well, my, for people like that. Uh, well, my co-host who is so like sober and like, like, like abstinent, we'll say whatever, like completely in a, he can smoke one cigarette every night before he goes to sleep. What? If I'm smoking one cigarette, I'm smoking a pack yeah. every day of Marlboro Blacks, <laughs> like having nicotine poisoning. And like, it's just like, it's so, and so it's just easier to not do it than to try to manage and control my use. That's, that to me is much more uncomfortable yeah. than to just not do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's so plus, well, you know, you I'm sure you heard. I mean, the reason I stopped comedy was because I tried to stab my ex while I was high on Oxycontin and Four Loco. Uh, I didn't hear. Um, (laughs) 
is but that's not the same fight that took place at the beginning of my fair junkie yes oh okay then yes i heard about that fight yes. now that was that was my question is or in my thinking is when i was reading that book i was like well i remember the last time i saw you the like before the book because i saw you after the book at, at like tammy joe's shows and a couple other places here and there but um before the book it was like a weird AA room that we were doing comedy in that you were running. You're like, yeah, yeah, I do shows here. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And we did a show somewhere. And then I was like, when I'm reading the book, I'm like, that was like the same time, I think. Like, I feel like the timeline would be- I don't be... think I did the AA room high on Oxy. I did do like two, I did, I did do like a, two sets high on Oxy and it was so bad because you can't read the room. Like, you're just like completely like, what you think is funny you're just not tuned in at all like i did one at what's the place in burbank fucking oh flappers the, yeah i did one at flappers and it was like people were like whoa and i think i did one at akbar and like people were like what's going you're like you're fucking on something wow like, yeah okay. and then by that point i just was like yeah then i was just in you know in the bottle and in, in that the, and so it was like yeah but um I mean, AA crowds are the best crowds to do comedy because they're they. not, they are not phased by fucking anything. I, I mean, they think the darkest shit is funny and it's like, they're the best. Do you they're know, do you know Mick Betancourt? Of course. Yeah. So Mick used to run that Radford Hall or whatever it was called. It was um, mm -hmm. a big AA room. and I did it. Yeah. He, 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 he books me and I'm like, this was long before I ever even considered not drinking or whatever. And I was like, I got there and I was like, Hey dude, all my jokes are about like, kind of like degenerate shit, like drugs. And, and he goes, yeah, 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 yeah. That's why I booked you. Go. And, <laughs> and oh, dude, yeah. they, oh, yeah. they, anything I had done, any, anything I was like mocking myself for, they yeah, were like, yeah. are we're, you kidding, dude? Yeah, honey, <laughs> I got that beat. That. Yeah. It was like, it was like yeah. every, I was Richard Dreyfus in a room full of quints. And it was just <laughs> like, you know, I was like, I look, look at my scar. I was like, dude, Everyone I know was eaten alive by tiger sharks. It was like, oh Jesus, yeah. fuck. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but but you're right. The, those crowds are the best because the they're, they're, they're not going to judge you. Everything's hilarious. Gallows humor. Anything goes. They've you know, seen it all. Over. They've done it all. They've been totally. lower than you. You said doing like uh, comedy high on oxy wasn't good. I don't think doing comedy super high on anything is good. Do you know I what I mean? Like I, I used to think like, oh, I need like four beers because this is me loose at a party and that's me right. on stage. And then it's like, when I cut that out, it was an immediate like, oh wow, I can remember all my jokes. Uh, I know right. what I want to do and say and how I want to behave. I'm not falling off the stage. Uh, you know, right. it was an immediate <laughs> improvement. It was just an immediate well, improvement. Well, yeah, I mean like what it feels like and what it looks like are not the same thing. That's the big thing. And it's like, um, I definitely. You mean the high? Most of the time, I did, huh? You mean the high is like what it looks well, like? Yeah. High, all of it. Yeah. You know, people are like, oh my god, I'm so funny when I'm drinking. You're like, no, you're completely yeah. annoying. Yeah, you suck. You know? Yeah. And it's like, I mean, most of the stand-up I did was was sober. When that, when I relapsed um, and got arrested. I mean, I, uh, you know, it was like three months, I think on Oxy before, like I got arrested for trying to stab him. And then like everything fucking just fell apart. Like, 
you know, was that was the beginning. I mean, that's where the book starts. It starts unraveling right, yeah, from yeah. there. So the book starts there and it's like, I lose everything. I just lost everything. I had a complete nervous breakdown and blah, blah. And it's like, you know, everyone's like, oh my God, but it's such great material. You know, it's like, well, I wasn't really worried about doing a tight tent. Look, I'm going to audition for Conan tonight. And I, <laughs> look, tomorrow is my court date, but tonight I got to get that tight yeah, five ready. Like when I'm going through a divorce, having a nervous breakdown, like going through a criminal trial, I wasn't like, let's write this down. It's like, it took a while to be funny. Sure, because you have to remove, you have to back yeah. up from it a little bit. You can't be like right here and go, right. <laughs> You know that, tragedy yeah. plus time equals comedy. But yes. at the time, yes. it's not always that, it's certainly that was not funny at all. Like I lost everything. And and it, and it, it starts, the book starts here, but clearly... It's not like you just woke up and like, now nah, I'm going to start doing Oxy and now I'm going to have a problem oh, no, this no, afternoon. It was like, yeah. this is obviously, uh, you know. Well, then I, you know, that's that's the whole thing is like, ad you know, addiction and especially relapse is very redundant. It's boring, you know, and they want a narrative arc. I'm like, well, how do I create a fucking narrative arc of 20 years of fucking drug addiction and relapse? Like she got sober and then she relapsed. She got sober and then she relapsed and then she got, so it's like Groundhog's Day. So I was like, okay, that's why I did the chain gang as the spine. And then I would use that as like a way to do a flashback to, so you were like, fuck, she's been fucked up since her twenties. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I mean, here's her in San Francisco doing fucking crystal meth, totally out of her fucking mind. And so it's like, yeah, I had, they, you know, so it was like, it was really hard to create a narrative arc out of, something that was so like this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you, and it, it, it probably felt this like similar to you every time, you know what I mean? And if you were to write it down, it would kind of, like you said, read the same, like got sober, fell off the wagon, oh, got sober, yeah. fell off. And, <laughs> and, and there's, and I think a more in, you know, an interesting is like, what were the triggering things that that particular time you know what i mean like what why oh, why did you fall for it was different every time of course yeah which i think is like because in your head you're looking for a reason you know it's oh, like totally it was like Absolutely. i would i would drink when i was happy because we're celebrating and i would drink when i was sad because we're not celebrating right. you know and it's like right. okay so, <laughs> so when is there i didn't you... really i mean i wasn't really i mean i was so out of control when i drank that i really tried not to drink because i would be so violent and sexual and i was like and i'd black out so much so it was like i learned really early i was like okay this is like not working at all so drugs for me allowed me to at least sort of be coherent enough to kind of be, you know, which just sounds strange, but no. alcohol fucked me up much more than drugs ever did. And so, although, you know, drugs have much more of like a stigma around them and whatever, especially when you get into IV drug use, which I did eventually. Um, but um, I mean, I think the main thing is, and, and what I wanted to give people was hope. I wanted to be like, you can fuck up for 20 years and still fucking get it. You know what I mean? And still get your life together. You can lose fucking everything and fucking turn it around. The, you know, like I, don't I, give up. And it's like, I mean, you know, and I also wanted to be like, you know, if you don't think that this can happen to you, you're totally wrong. Like I was a Beverly Hills job. I was going to say, you know? weren't like, you didn't come from a, oh. a, 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 dilapidated shanty house on the but side of some river in the Appalachian mountains. It's like, right. 
people think, oh, like addiction is those people. And it's like, no, bitch, it's everybody. It's, I, I, I say addiction is like cancer in the sense that, yes, exactly. your genetic makeup exactly. could, could lend itself. To, you could be predisposed. But like also this dude who has no history of it at all in his family could be a full-blown addict in, in months. Genetics is know? only 50% of it. You know? Yeah. And it's, it's like, so, I mean, I coming from like Beverly Hills and an all girls private school and graduating magna cum laude and like really looking like I had my shit together and being like really a purist and never having drank till I was 19. I didn't look like someone who this was going to be their issue. You know what I mean? So, so what, I really what wanted point? to open that up for people and be like, oh my God, she was like a perpetrator of domestic violence. She lost everything. She lost her mind. She was a sex addict. She was an IV drug addict. It's like, you know, she ended up in the psych ward. She was in jail. Like, and it's like, because what happened for me was I got really humbled by all of it. I was like, oh, shit, we're all the same. This can happen to you, too, in the right or wrong circumstances. I mean, I think for me, the big reason that I didn't. I mean, it was obvious to me I was a drug addict from the from like the very early stages of my drug addiction. So you knew you were like, ah, this is not oh, something I can oh stop God. on my own. I knew, and I knew at 24 when I did was doing crystal meth. I was like, I am a drug addict. And I was like, and I'm cool with that because like I need this shit to be OK on the planet. So whatever, you know, I was like totally fine with it. And um I just didn't want to take care of myself. I just really, really didn't feel like I could take care of myself. I had been, I felt, I didn't understand how the world worked. I was like, I just felt like everyone, you know, and people say this all the time, like everyone had the manual and I didn't understand the manual. I didn't like myself. I didn't feel comfortable in my skin. I was very depressive. I just was like, how's everyone doing it? I don't understand how people are doing it. Barely. They're barely getting well, by. Well, also, I figured out later, everyone's faking it. Everyone's figuring That's it, it out as they go along. You know holding I mean? on by a thread. Like, yeah, totally. oh, God, please don't fucking pull all the way out. Like, yeah. Totally. So it was like, I mean, I think a big part was not wanting to grow up. It was like, you know, I was being, you know, as long as I stayed broken, people took care of me. People threw money at my parents threw money at it. My ex-husband took care. Everyone took care of me. And I was like, cool. Like, I'll just just stand up at night and like, whatever, like during the day, write jokes, dick jokes. And like, like it was like, you know, and I didn't have to grow up. And I really think that you sort of meet your destiny on the road. You go to avoid it. The universe was like, really? You don't want to take care of yourself? Huh? Really? Okay. And just fucking pulled it all. I like, I like that like, though. Here you go, bitch. The, Knock the, yourself out. The road You're 42 you in sober living on Medi-Cal with nothing. And if, and you have a fucking criminal record. Let's see what you do. Like you said, though, humbling. I mean, the oh, it was it changed my life, and the, I've been sober since. Yeah. The I really like the um, all the stuff with the um, I don't want to call it a chain gang. That's what you called it, but it's like um, wrote like community labor. We, yeah. What what? Yeah. It's just like uh, city. Labor, the Hollywood beautification team. Hollywood beautification team. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I think that like. You know, like you said, you—that was probably the first time you'd ever have to had to do anything like that. Uh, oh, you think? I'm guessing you never had a job. That's the irony. That's <laughs> the fucking. I mean, the universe has the best sense of humor. The universe, is like, oh, really, bitch? <laughs> like, you know, I mean, like that was the fucking joke. Is like, yeah. I was the only girl. I was the only white person. White person. Yeah. I've never been arrested ever for anything ever before. Okay. 
And I showed up and I was like, oh my God, like these people are criminals. Like, what am I doing here? It's like 40 Hispanic dudes in like black hoodies. And I'm like terrified. And I'm like, fuck. You know, I was like, hi. And no one's just, you know. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, no one is like, everyone's like, whatever, dude. And then someone comes up to me and they're like, what you here for, huh? What you here for, Weta? I'm here for a DUI. What you here for? And I was like, um, I'm here for felony domestic violence with a deadly weapon. And they were like, oh, shit. You know, so all of a sudden I became the crazy white bitch and nobody fucked with me. I had more time than anyone else. I was one of the only people there for assault. I was like, you're the criminal asshole. It was such a mind fuck and such a flipping of everything. And it was, comp- it was, I mean, I can't describe the biggest epiphany I've ever had in my life. Yeah, I mean, I, but I also uh, that moment where it was just like, I mean, it's funny, but it was like, you know, the, the big, big thing, you know, literally like no one talked to us. We were criminals. And everyone we knew that you had vests. You could see it. It was like on the back. Yeah. Yeah. People were like they knew exactly because this was a route that we did and that all of us did. So everyone knew who we were, except for like ha- like drunk homeless guys. So we're like, I know it sucks. Put a piece of pen, stay with it, you know? Like, everyone else was like, ew. Except for, like, dumb, like, some bitches were like, oh, my God, I love the environmentalism you guys are doing. <laughs> you had people like... How do I become part of this? Yeah, do you, I don't have a clipboard. I don't need you to sign anything. Just move it along. Or I was just like... Oh, it's so easy to become part of this, really. You know? um, <laughs> Here's a knife. Do something with this knife. Yeah, just do you'll, something. You'll stu- see. Yeah, the knife is what fucks you. The knife is what fucks you. you that's considered a, like, that ups the whole stake. You use a weapon and you're fucked. Yeah, it's not just, you, were, you weren't know. just hitting someone. You were threatening them. I didn't even, but do, I, I, dude, I threatened him. I didn't even stab him. I was like, I threatened him with a knife. I was high as a motherfucker. Which is also why that's bad. Do you understand? Like, if you would threaten him with a knife and not been high as a motherfucker, I'd been like, hey, can we talk about this? But when you're, like, out of your mind, people are like, no, we can't talk about this. She's got a knife. Like, <laughs> there's a problem. Well, I haven't done it since. Hmm. So I hope well, that, that I don't think that's who I am. I'm not. I don't think I'm a violent person. I don't think I, I mean, that's why I don't do drugs and drink because I'm an asshole. I'm a fucking dick. When you, know? you do that. Yeah, when I'm on drugs and I drink, I'm a fucking different person, and it's a scary person. Um, and it's one that you don't like. And in the end, no, that's oh God, what no. has and to I mean, happen. Was, I really let myself be an asshole in that book. Like people are like, she seems like an asshole. It's like, well, I was really mentally ill and on drugs. Like, well, if you don't show, like, if you're trying to look good in an addiction memoir, <laughs> yeah. you're not being honest it's enough. Not, I don't know. What to no say. one wants like, to read that anyway. Like, oh, you know everything I mean? was easy. Like, I'm supposed to, like yeah, why would I get sober if I was fucking had my shit together? Like, I was a that's, dick. Yeah, I mean... You know, people are like, that stuff in the psych ward, like, that's not funny. It's like, that's who I was. And my dad, who's a writer, was like, be an asshole, just be an interesting asshole. And also, if you're not if you're not really a dick, where where is there to go? I mean, we want to see you change. You have to grow. You have to grow. Are you talking about yeah. in, this, in, this, in so, the sense of the book? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like... I mean, I knew I would look like an asshole. I had an editor who was like, mm, a little harsh. Like, maybe we want to... And I was like, absolutely not. I was like, nope, that's who I was. Yeah. And I want to be honest about it. And it helped a lot of people. People were just like, God, thank you for being fucking real. 
like, thank you. I identified and I felt like, oh my, you're the first, like, thank you. Like yeah. you gave me hope and you were real and you made me laugh at things that I like felt ashamed about. And I was like, I mean, it was hard to put myself out there like that, especially the sex addiction stuff. Like, whoa. Yeah. I mean, you, you really, you, it's, it's brutally honest, or at least it feels that way. And it is brutally honest. And I, I'm, it was hard. And you're right. And no I haven't one... gotten, I haven't had a date since. <laughs> I've saved souls, but no one wants a date. <laughs> I just, no, I, my vagina's hermetically sealing and falling off as we speak. It's been that long. I think, I I don't, you know, I I think that'll pick up. It'll change. It'll change. Yeah. 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 I look pretty good for it. You haven't seen me like 10 years. This is pretty decent for a drug addict. Yeah. That's what I mean. Uh, The amount of abuse you put yourself through just in the book alone, not whatever came before that and whatever was. I should look like an apple doll. I know. Yeah. I mean, I sleep a lot and I'm greasy. I have like cystic acne. So that helps when you're really greasy. Oh, okay. Because I look like a, already looking like a used catcher's mitt, and I'm uh, shut up. Oh, shut the fuck up, <laughs> used catcher's mitt. <laughs> I'm just, uh, I'm just saying. Why? What? How long have you been writing? Were you? Did you always write like as a kid? Yes. Was this you did? So yes. that was nonstop. As a kid, so I was the a writer. I've been writing since I was a little girl. Uh, my dad was a writer. I'm a daddy's girl. Writing's always been my escape and my thing. And um, I wrote in college for magazines and all that kind of stuff. And it was like, so, you know, and then I was writing um, for, you know, for addiction magazines um, for a while, for six years or something like that. Before before, before the book? Before I got the book deal. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. So um, you So you were writing for addiction magazines before you were sober? No, well, no, after, after yeah. okay, okay, after after I yeah after I got sober I started okay. writing prediction magazines. What but, you know you have to understand I got yeah I I was sober all during stand up, so I was sober and then I relapsed. Gotcha. And I was sober and I relapsed. So it's like so I only saw you when you were sober. I never saw you relapse. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Okay. I was sober for yeah. Did you do that um, when you relapsed? Did you specifically stay away from places that you knew people knew you? Meaning like I didn't even I after I did stand up twice and it was so fucking bad I just didn't do stand up anymore. I mean by basically by that point I was like all about being a drug addict. I yeah. just didn't care anymore. I was like, you know, my friend had had a hip replacement at thirty nine and I was like taking her Norco's and I was taking my Oxy and I was drinking Four Loco, which is like, do you even know what that is? Yeah, it's banned in like some states, <laughs> isn't it? It's like if you have yeah, and two I whole ones. I'm not just saying it's not my fault, but. I certainly didn't help it. Um, it is five beers and four cups of coffee in at malt liquor in like one can that you could get at Seven Eleven, and it fucking gets you there. What I mean, the five beers I get, but when you throw in all the coffee, that's like Coke and Coke, dude. That's like Coke and drinking. But that's what I'm saying. It's a speedball in a can. No shit. Yeah. What the fuck? No, that's disgusting. Yeah. It's so funny because I actually did a reading down south near San Diego and um, one of the women at the reading was a fundraiser for a sober living. The woman's son had created Four Loco. You met the mom yeah. of and the I creator. Like, oh. of- I was like, um, your son's a genius and also and the devil. a fucking monster. Yeah. I was what? Like, that shit destroyed me. Why, and she, why was she there? Was she there from being sauced She's up on sober. Four Loco? She, no, she's sober. Okay. You know, her, her son created it. She goes, I used to have garages, that stuff. And I was like, 
you know, my eyes just kind of like hearts. I mean, like, oh, that stuff was so brutal. <laughs> I think the closest I ever got to Four Loco would be Steel Reserve. I don't even know what the fuck that is. That's like a malt liquor that um, I didn't know it was malt liquor. They had these tall boy cans of it. I bought a six pack of it. And I had six of those things, and I remember I like put my friend through a glass table, and then like there was malt liquor makes you fucking crazy. Oh man, the first and time I, I drank. I remember I went, I walked to the Seven Eleven because it was right by my old condo where I was married, and I was like in the morning because you drink in the morning when you're really at the very end you're drinking in the morning because that's like a secret. No one knows that you don't Nobody that you smell knows. like yeah, vodka before noon. Knows, right? Yeah, everyone can fucking smell it. It's like. You're like loaded at fucking You're never as smooth right? as you think you are. Yeah. Oh, never. I mean, I was like, this is awesome to be drunk in the morning. And so I went and I was like, I could walk there. And then it's just like, malt liquor. I hear that really fucks you up. And it's and inexpensive. Like, yeah. And it's cheap as shit. And I was like, what has the, I literally just looked for what had the highest alcohol content. Mm. And it was that. And I was like, here we go. <sighs> And yep, there we go. Off to rehab. Goodbye. <laughs> Off to the psych ward. Oh, oh God. Man. Right? Jesus. Listening to Nine Inch Nails and fucking just like fucking with a knife. Just, you know. Oh, Jesus. I, I wh- how do you, were you influenced at all? Or did you, did you read or look at or um, had you heard of like a million little pieces or. Of course. So that all, was like, I was obsessed with that, except that shit's, that book's not completely true. So that's what I'm going to ask. Cause uh, an ex-girlfriend of mine turned me onto that book and I loved it. Right. Oh, I and, love that book. And I read it. I'm like, Oh my God, what a great book. And then the Oprah thing comes out Ooh, where yeah. it's like, he didn't fight cops. And, and it was like, it was such my a book. Is, well that, you know, that really fucks stuff up for addiction memoirs because then all of a sudden we really had to prove everything that was real. And um, you're saying his book did that going forward for books like yeah, yours. After yeah. that, everyone. Yeah. Before that, people kind of believed it. And after that, everyone was like, really? You know, and it was like, so what I'd heard was, first of all, no one gets a fucking root canal without Novocaine. I'm sorry. Like, that's just that's just not possible. That's just not. No. I, and it's I, like, yeah, I mean, so. Uh, you know, I absolutely, why would uh, everything that happened to me is true and I'm not proud of any of it. I'm, I refuse to be ashamed of it because it's helped a lot of people. But like, you know, it's different to be a dude and go through that than to be a chick who like fucked randos on Tinder and shot Coke in her neck and had seizures and wore a helmet fucking, you know, and like, you know, tried to kill her ex. And like, you know what I mean? That's like, people are like, ooh, you know? But um, what I'd heard about it is that he wanted to do it as a novel and all the rest of his stuff is novels. And the publisher said, no one will buy this as a novel. They will only buy it as a memoir. So you have to say it's a memoir. And so he goes, okay. And so they said it was a memoir. And then fucking people, people can dig up all that shit's true. That the the that's the thing now, though, is we all have access to the internet, and right. if for even if you want to pay a little bit of money, I could find out where anybody oh, lives. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, Why I would could, I fucking make that up? Like, that, who but, wants to have done that? You well, know? of like, course, unless there was like this guy shot to like he got real oh, famous from that book. I mean, that really like, and I read the next book too, because I'd oh, I already, liked the next book. Yeah. I, I, and it was about the guy that he met in rehab or whatever. So I, I, I don't know. I, but I, yeah, I loved all those books. I, I mean, you know, when you're a drug addict and you're a writer, 
you you just you, your your idols are drug addict writers. That's yeah. were you? Uh, did you like Bukowski? I did you like William Burroughs Jr.? And oh, I loved, no, that was. You know, I was going to ask you that. I read Speed a long time ago. Oh God, so good! And I was on Speed when I read Speed. I was fucking. That was one of the. I was going to ask if you'd ever been compared amazing. to him because Kentucky that, Ham and Speed. Yes, amazing. yes, he. Oh, the I guy know, only totally unknown. Amazing. And he's William Burroughs' kid. Like, it's... So fucking the dopest. Yeah. The son of the wife that he... William Burroughs Sr. shot and killed in Mexico. Like, it's just... Crazy yeah. life. Died at yeah. 33 from cirrhosis, basically. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah, don't, yeah. yeah. If we don't get sober, we fucking take a cab. That's, that's the thing. Is like... Uh, and, yeah. and There's like no old tweakers. Like, think about it. There's just like... You just... You just don't. I mean, there's... Uh, there. I mean, you get like... Every once in a while, there's like the Keith Richards thing where yeah, but he is not yeah. An old person is pickled and, his, like, and like blood fucking changed yes, out. Yes, exactly. You know, he's doing things like, we can't afford. <laughs> yeah, but also he's pretty fucking. I mean, like okay, I was not functional, let alone in one of the biggest rock bands in the world, fucking touring. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Like, I'm sure you've got people holding you together, but Keith Richards is a freak <clears throat> of nature. Yeah. Yeah. He is a freak Even, of nature. That's true. Yeah. I mean, like, everyone else got sober. Um, well, I was when I, I wanted to get back to this because I was looking up, like, I hate doing the definitions of things, you know, like, oh, this is defined this way in a book or whatever. But sobriety is such, um, uh, it's so interesting because there's like the cut, there's like the, the, hard fast like nothing you know the exact state you came into the world abstinence, abstinence right? nothing and then there's like sobriety for me is life balance do you know what i mean right. it's like a matter of like mm -hmm. yeah well, I that's can, where I can. the move that's what i'm trying to get the recovery community into which is hey man what you know like mishka shubli who's a writer he doesn't drink but he'll do shrooms and psychedelics and that kind of stuff right and it's like cool like sobriety if you look in the dictionary is really not drinking in aa sobriety i mean that can say you're not sober because you're on fucking psych meds and i'm like suck my dick you know uh, what I mean? yeah or i'm not sober because i'm on schedule i'm on like controlled substances for my epilepsy that i gave myself i gave myself full-blown fucking a seizure disorder because so because mad. of drugs wow uh-huh but i have all my teeth and that's all that really matters in la right i wanted to ask you if your teeth were real because yes, they, they look. I've lost a couple in the back from having seizures. But they look. Um, they, you have really great shit. teeth. No, they're not that great. They're a little bit yellow. No, um, but everyone's are a little bit yellow. Are my real teeth. Well, I grew up rich. I had fucking fucking braces and shit. You know well, what I mean? And retainers and shit. And now I wear a bite plate at night so that I don't grind. Yeah, I, I mean, do that it's so too. Hot. You wanna, and I wear like a night guard to protect my eyelash extensions. Are you turned on yet? And I snore <laughs> really bad because I can't. I do so many drugs. Wait, what do you wear you know, to protect your it's eyelashes? It's great when you're with someone and you're like, have your fucking thing on. Let me put on my Daft Punk helmet. Let me just put like a boner in your back. Yeah. And you're like, fucking pull up your mask and you're Is like, Is that you? Oh, do you want to fuck? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like in this drooly routine like hold on <laughs> <laughs> no no sorry that was a mistake boner um, just go back to sleep with the mouth guard in you're ah. like oh wait hold, hold on honey oh I didn't I just imagine like a, like a <laughs> whatever pulling it on 
pulling something I off just, of your you head. I just, you know, fuck it. I don't give a fuck. Well, no, but that's, at this point. I'm 51 years old. I don't give a shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't give a shit. The beauty of aging is that at a certain point, we can stop giving a fuck what anyone thinks of us because yes. I'm going to put my fucking bite thing into it. I'm, gonna, You know what I mean? Like. At least I don't have like one of those like. Dark, <sighs> yeah. I mean, sleep, like, apnea, sleep apnea machines. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. I haven't gotten there yet. Yeah. Uh. Uh-uh. Can that be brought on by uh, no, drug use? But no. But I mean, I don't. I, I mean, I certainly snore a lot. <laughs> I've heard. I mean, like, I mean, my neighbors can hear me upstairs. And I'm like, oh, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> Chainsaw. What? I guess you did talk about. You were kind of in and out of different programs. Right, it wasn't just AA. Or it wasn't just like you would. Well, go- I never wanted to be in AA. Who wants to be in AA? Like, I mean, I was introduced to AA my first rehab at 25, and I was like, "This is creepy as fuck," you know. And I'm also Jewish, so I was like, "I'm not doing that fucking prayer," and like, whatever. And when I got sober, when I first got clean, you know, back in the 90s, I mean, there wasn't Crystal Meth Anonymous or anything like that. There was was only AA and Narcotics Anonymous. That was it. And Narcotics Anonymous was like, like really hardcore, terrifying, like guys that had been in prison with like face tattoos who'd like, or heroin addicts. And I would be like, well, I liked, I really liked Crystal Meth. Will you hold my $800 handbag? Like, hi, you know, like it just, it wasn't, it didn't feel like my people, but Alcoholics Anonymous was also like, like I never drank enough that like, you know what I mean? So it was yeah. like, so I remember in a meeting I said, you know, I'm a crystal meth addict. And they were like, are you an alcoholic or not? Like you have to identify as an alcoholic. Now what I've come to learn is it's really all the same thing. I mean, after about a year clean, I tried drinking and I was in a blackout for three weeks. And I was like, okay, totally can't drink. Like fucking got it. Wow. Got the message. Yeah. Like but a th- friend from college came out and stayed with me. And we were having fun and she left in the middle of the night and left me like a six page letter telling me how much I bug out when I drink and I don't recall anything. Wow. So then I didn't drink for like six years, seven years. Yeah. Yes, But oh, but I, yeah, I didn't, who wants to go to AA? Nobody. So I was like, so I had an exorcism and I saw a shaman and I did fucking biofeedback and I saw a neurologist and I had acupuncture and I went down to Tijuana and had like amino acids pumped into my fucking arm to rebalance my brain chemistry. I mean, I, I did every single thing. I, mean, I did. I had not been on every single fucking psych med. You know what I mean? I did everything I could to not fucking do a. Wow, it, but it, but I mean, that's like dedication. You're really you were. It seems like you yeah, were like, trying to get sober, though. I mean, that that sounds yeah, like I was. Well, I had to because I was like really. I mean. The way I used, I was like ending up in the ER and like. Yeah, I mean, you were gonna, you weren't gonna, you would not have probably, but you would not be alive today. Would be my guess is if you were still, no, using the way you were. You know no. what I mean? Before that I book mean, came out. No, 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 no. Yeah. That um, was the, I guess the next book, because the way it ends, I, 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 I've compared it to. Oh, so, uh, so what I was telling is like, you know, what I think that the recovery community kind of needs is like. Hey, if you get sober, like, you know, if you're, if your drug of, you know, like if you, you, if you can put down your drug of choice or moderate, great. Like you're all welcome. Like inclusivity, like, you know what I mean? Not just like it's abstinence only. Like that to me is super fundamentalist and weird and not inclusive and not helpful. 
There are people who don't need to get completely sober, you like you. There are people who don't want to get completely sober. And you know what I mean? And it's like, why can't they also be part of it? Now there's that whole sober curious movement, which has opened up things where people are like, well, this is interesting. You know what I mean? Like, I, maybe I, I just, you know, oh what, yeah, there's a whole movement. Of just people being curious about sobriety? Yeah, so I'm really? sober curious. Sober curious. Sober curious. I'm sorry. That sounds kind of. Um... Oh, I got. I wrote an. I. 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 Well, for for someone like myself who, <laughs> who it's like know, if you're not sober, you die. <laughs> yeah, it, that to me was like you know a huge. I found it pretty offensive to yeah, be honest with I, you. I I can imagine. And, you know, they're like wear sparkly t-shirts, like spiritual gangster and sober sexy and and it was like and it was like you know like I just like oh my god my skin looks amazing I'm like I gain I lost a lot so much weight and I'm not hung over for my spin class like I feel so great like versus me who like stabs people you know what I mean yeah yeah I so mean I'm like oh that's so awesome that it's a health trend for you or that you like take a dry January to clear your head. Some of us actually, it's like life or death. Like I have an enlarged liver now and you know what I mean? Like an epilepsy, like it's not just- You got you know, lasting health problems yeah, like, for like the rest of your life. Yeah, yeah. And a criminal record and all kinds of shit, you know, so. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I don't, I wouldn't want to discourage like, I mean, I get sober curious, it sounds so silly, but you know, if, if if someone's got to use that to get to a place where they can be better off, you know what I mean? Like if that's, yeah, if that's a, a softer, stepping stone. I've come around to it. It's a softer place to land. I mean, yeah. I, that wasn't offered to me. Offered to me. Yeah. It was AA, complete abstinence, or you fucking die. And that's this is a much softer place to land. And I have friends who can't drink, but they can smoke pot and they can do coke and they can do shrooms. And they're completely, they just like drinking for them is just like makes them weird. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I'm like, totally support that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, so where, whatever, you know, and it's like, wherever it gets you, they're great. Why does it have to be so no one has to have the low bottom that I had. And, 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 and it's about kind of respecting other people in the sense that like, if we're hanging out and you know, you can't drink. And even if you see alcohol, you know, you, you're going to, and, and I can have a couple of beers. I'm not, I'm still not gonna, if I'm with you, does that make sense? Like, yeah, but I don't. I don't expect that. I actually, I really am not bothered with people drinking around me. I wouldn't say. I don't like people getting really shit faced around me. That because that but, feels like well, you're on another level that I can't. And and I, if you brought if you like brought out some coke and cut some lines, I'd be like, bye. Like, but like, I don't mind people like having a, two drinks around me. I'm, sure, I'm but by. again, I'm the one with the problem. I'm the one with the problem. It's not your problem. If I'm diabetic, that doesn't mean you don't get to eat cake. Like it's me that can't eat cake. Right, right. I think I think my, to my my point was more, um, just knowing like like you said, it's different. Everyone's different. So like if I know I'm with somebody who can't be around alcohol, I'm not gonna right. suggest well, that I have a beer with dinner I mean, or whatever. No. You know, I just feel like if if more if we could do that a little bit because it's not like I can't go home and have a beer at home exactly. or when I'm away from this right. person or whatever and well, that and that way people we, there doesn't have to be any that's really important you know what I mean and and yeah. for yeah. you know for sometimes it can be really triggering to smell it or whatever you know and see it and so it, yeah. I mean it depends on the I mean, person I think and it and 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 it all has to be something that you want. Mm -hmm. 
You know what I mean? Like, I mean, how many times were you? Did you go to a rehab when you were like, I don't want to get fucking oh, clean. I don't want to get well, sober. I went I don't to want... seven rehabs. So, so how many times do you think my parents were like, "Hi, bitch, go to rehab," you know? Yeah, and and, and you're in there no, going, "Nah, I mean, this is yeah, ridiculous." So time, until you were course. like, I, I knew I needed I can't to, live like but this. knowing you need to versus knowing you want to, like the time when I was drinking and doing a lot of coke. And I went into Promises, where I fucked that movie star, right, in the book. By the book, My Fair Junkie. We're shopping into a TV series. Ooh. I was going to ask you if there was anything yeah. more coming with that besides another it's book. Really, but yeah, yeah okay. Really That's exciting. great. Um, and That's I think awesome. that people need to see an accurate representation of women in addiction. And not... Like intervention, which isn't really, which is kind of exploitive and sort of triggering. Th and thank you. Not, and I uh, like yeah. euphoria, but it's not funny. And again, we are funny people because we think it's funny. Like, I think it's hilarious that I shot Coke wearing a bike helmet. I think it's genius. Once I had that one seizure, I was like, well, fucking okay. Like, this shit is like high impact sport. Wear protective gear. You know, people are just like, and I think that, you know, Euphoria is great, but she's 16 fucking years old. Like, it's a whole different thing when you're in your 40s. Like, I lost my whole life. I just started over in my 40s. You know what I mean? It's like you have, a, yeah. it's, it's a much different experience when you've had 25 years of fucking addiction and fucking mental illness, you know? And so, and I think it can be funny. Yeah. And mom is funny, but it's not dark. So I think it can be darkly comedic. I think there's a place for this because people really responded to the book. They were just like, oh, because it's so honest. And now more than, and now more than ever, um, authenticity is finally, something that people I'm finally crave. at the right place at the right so, time. It only took fucking a zillion years. But, but my, like, don't you, like, you are in the right place at the right time. And all that other shit that happened put you I know, that's right why I'm, I'm not, you know what I mean? I'm so not it's ashamed like, of it and I'm not, I'm not bummed about it. I'm totally grateful. Yeah. Like I, now I get it. I'm like, oh, I get all that shit should have to happen so I could write this book so I could fucking help people so I could be here and so I could, oh, okay, okay. You know what I mean? Yes, yeah, because you said that a book helped a lot of people and I, it's really, yeah. I see, I see stuff online, people responding to you oh, about that book. Oh, I don't even post all the stuff. It, I get notes every day still. I mean, it's really blown up during the pandemic. And they just want to be like, I want to just say, I cry. I read the notes and I cry. And they're just like, I just want to say, thank you. Like, yeah. thank you for not making me feel fucking alone and like a freak. Like, thank you for really telling, I'm going to cry, look, for telling the truth. They're just like, and I just felt like, like, you know, I never gave a fuck about helping people before. <laughs> and now that's like, now that's you all. You couldn't. I, you All you cared yeah, about was yourself. that's all I care about. That's all I fucking care about. My whole fucking world is how do I fucking help people? And and it's like a, it's like a different, uh, more positive addiction. Totally. Because the feeling you get when you're helping somebody and you're doing something worthwhile is, is very fulfilling and it feels good. So you want to do more of that to feel that. So it becomes like the same thing you were doing to fill that hole. You're filling it yeah. with this other stuff. And, it's, and it really is, you have to want to. And then once you start doing the thing where you become service to other people and you can help other people and you can do things for other people, that becomes yeah. who you are and that and and it also connects you to everyone else because we're all 
Well, the that's fucking what's same. been the mind blowing piece about all of this is just like the universality and the connection of it. And I'm like, you know, where I put down my innermost darkest shit, my deepest secrets. And everyone's like, oh, my God, me too. And I was like, you know, you're not alone. You're not alone. We're all the same. We all it's all feelings like that's the whole thing. It's like a lot of people like the book, too, because it's about feelings. It's about, you know, fear and self-love and hatred and wanting to check out and growing up and sex and fucking all kinds of different stuff. Do you know what I mean? And it's like everyone identified with the feelings. The person who wrote the pilot is not a drug addict. They're a completely normal person. They're and like, um, well, they're a TV writer, writer so yeah. I don't know how normal that is. But. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, I mean, whenever I do like the most embarrassing, whenever I tweet or post the most embarrassing personal thing, everyone was like, oh my God, I so needed that. Me too. It's like, and that's the fucking, yeah. It takes... It takes someone like you who's willing to right. say those things out loud in order for like, that's what comedy is. is. When we go out, when you go up on stage, you're telling jokes. It's like, I say things, I laugh. People are like, oh, fuck, you said that on stage? It's like, yeah, you know, everyone exactly. else related to it and nobody else would have exactly. the balls to come up here and it's say very, it. Thank God. I really, I am thankful for this, the five years I did stand up because first of all, it's made me like fucking great in pitch rooms. You know what I mean? Like, da, I like turn it on and fucking oh, no. da, 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 you know? Unafraid so, of the crowd, and, for mean, sure, you, you know, know definitely yeah. entertaining at meetings and people are like, holy shit, you know, you're really funny. You should be a comic. I'm like, oh, God, um, uh, it made I mean, not very many addiction memoirs are funny. It made I'm like one of the funny addiction memoirs and which I think is really key to not feeling shame, I think, is laughing at something to get past it and be OK with it. Um, and I think people can sort of swallow it more if you make it laugh. But like like you said, what's funny is what's true. So it's like, say the thing that everyone's thinking that no one dares say. Say it. Write it. Yeah. Or the thing that they've done that they're like, God, exactly. I wouldn't fucking tell anybody about that. I had, when I went to um, Europe with two friends in the late 90s, right after college, I had an incident where I ended up taking a shit in an alley <laughs> and I lost my pants and I walked around. I walked around Germany with my dick hanging out. Like, really, like it was crazy. I could have ended up in prison, whatever. But the next yeah, day, I found my campsite. It's online. It's, um, an, I did it for Comedy Central. Story. Like, fucking everyone's had that. It was for, yeah, it was for Comedy Central. This is not happening. <laughs> uh, it's online. You, just t If you Google John Huck loses his pants, you can see the whole thing. But, but, but the day after that story, or the day after that happened, um, my friend, I told him what happened. And he goes, oh, dude, I wouldn't. I wouldn't tell right, anybody right, right. about that if I were you. And I, and I looked at him and I went, are you fucking crazy? I'm going to tell everyone because that's insane. Like, did you listen to what I just said? It's fucking crazy. I should be in prison. And he's like, "Gonna you want me to keep that to myself? And that's when I realized when I went back to where I went to college, I was visiting somebody, my friend Kevin sat down at the bar next to me. He goes, hey, man, how was Europe? And I go, dude. <laughs> You want to hear something fucking nuts? And by the time that story takes about 20 minutes to tell in its entirety. And by the time I started telling him just sitting at a bar, by the time I was done, I was standing like with my feet on the stool, like standing up. The entire bar was listening. And he, the dude next to me is just crying tears, laughing. And I'm like, oh, 
I bet I could, I bet I could do comedy. It was literally like, I'm like, keeping that shit to yourself, uh, I think only increases the totally embarrassment does. and the it shame, totally you know, it just builds in well, there. The it's like, get it out, you know, get it out. It's like, you know, like secrets keep you sick and whatever. And it's like, well, secrets also make you feel alone. And it's like, shame is, shame was a big one that kept me relapsing over and over and over again, just feeling so ashamed. Like I couldn't get it and blah, blah. And it's like, and you then know, you get wasted yeah, and then you feel bad about sober. that. And then you feel like, it's I really just... fucked up. I should stop. It never did that. Shame lowers your dopamine, which then of course your brain goes, Oh my God, we need dopamine. But when you feel connected to other people, your dopamine goes up. And when you help people, your dopamine goes up. like, I know all this creepy science now, but like, you know, hey. I, mean, it, I, I, I totally agree. And it's like, like I'll put the, the I mean, the grossest, most embarrassing shit on Instagram or Twitter. And everyone is just like, oh, they appreciate totally. it. It's appreciated. They're it's like, appreciated. Even if too. it's like, are you in my brain? Are you spying on me? And you're like, and people are like crying, laughing. And it's just like, and that's where the connection is because fuck looking good, man. Like right now. Why? Uh, what's you know the what point? Mean? Where is that what people want? Right? Somebody, a model? Yeah, what are like, we looking I, for? My, Somebody who's perfect? You, you know, you know, that's not funny. And, that, and that's not where people connect. People connect in the vulnerable places. Yeah, if you go on stage and talk about being oh, yeah, rich and successful hilarious. and how it's great and I can, yeah. no yeah. one wants to fucking hear that. Sit down, dude, go get some problems and come back in a couple minutes. Like that's fucking terrible. You're rich, get the fuck out of here. Right. Nobody wants to hear that. I've never seen a comic go on stage and do well with, I'm man, being famous is great. So much pussy. I'm slapping right. it away. People like think I'm a fucking handball. You guys, it's like, it's like, everyone's like, ew. you know, people no, want, no, no. Yeah, I, they want that vulnerability. They want to identify. They want to know that they're not alone and they want to laugh. It's connection. Authenticity. You know? And so that's what I tried to do in the book. And, you know, even if you were never a sex addict, you know, and did something horrible with a fucking dildo for a stranger, um, that was the hardest scene to write, to be honest. I was like, I don't, I do not want to write this scene. I don't want people to know this. I don't, I don't want to have lived it. I was just like, and I thought, you know what? First of all, uh, Jerry Stahl said, you know, Jerry Stahl who wrote Permanent Midnight. But he's yeah. a friend of mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wrote the book. And he was like, holy fuck. Oof. And I was like, oh shit. You know, it's not, you know, you're gnarly when like those kind of people are like. Dude, the guy who did yeah. heroin and ran five miles is like, ooh, like, ooh, your book is weird. Fucking horrifying. <laughs> you're like, oh shit. And he has a quote and it goes, if you had the nerve to live it, have the nerve. If you had the nerve to live it, have the nerve to write it. And I was like, okay, bitch. So. Someone, That's good someone though. Has done something sexually that they didn't want to do because they didn't want to say no, or they were too fucked up, or they thought the person would be mad, or they didn't want to seem like a prude, or someone's been in a situation where they did something where they were like, I don't really want to do this. Like it might not have been to that extent, but everyone knows that feeling. It's. It the whole thing is relatable in, in that sense that like, there's just stuff in our lives. Everyone's got it. That's like, eh, I really don't want anyone to know about that. Or I hope that doesn't come out or, you but know, there's so it, much it's freedom. Just, I can't tell you like right before it came out, I was once like, you get it out there. Ugh. And then after I was like, you're fucking bulletproof. Like, what are you going to tell me? Like I had a fucking, you know what I mean? 
it's yeah. the eight mile. You got you eight miled everybody. It's like I've already right. told you everything I've done wrong. You you right. can't fucking so come at me with anything. Insane. It's like you're like, I already wrote about it. I wrote a I wrote an article about it. I wrote a book about it. what else you got, bitch? Yeah, yeah. And then were you did you were you doing the podcast before no. the book or was that did that come Joe after the book? Joe and I started the podcast. The book came out in 2017. Joe and I started the podcast during the pandemic. Oh, yeah, that we just started? Like six or seven oh. months. Oh, wow. How's that going? I mean, we didn't realize how yeah. much work it would be. <laughs> People yeah. have been like, you should do a podcast or do a podcast with me. And I was like, oh, no. And then Joe was just like, this is my fucking you know, resolution. Let's do it. And I was like, okay. And, you know, because he's a social worker, it gives it like an interesting balance too. It's not just like, well, here's yeah. a junkie, you know, and we, you know, it's like, so, um, and he's really into the politics, drug policy and politics. And I like the science. Oh, like, we just had the guy from Cecil hotel on the Skid Row historian. That's, that's going on Tuesday, dropping Tuesday. He was that's he awesome. is the that's nicest awesome. fucking person on the planet. So smart. So whatever. And I mean, I'm learning so much. We've had senators, we've had mayors, we've had athletes, we've had celebrities, we've had doctors. I mean, it's been really fascinating. And so he, he just said, is, let's start a podcast. And I was like, okay. And then like, you know, it took us a while to figure out the sound. I mean, we're both in our fucking fifties. I mean, he sounded like he was in someone's fucking pussy for the first like five months. I was like, dude, your sound sucks. Like, he's like, oh, I don't yeah. know. It's the you got to get an like, indie. No, wherever you go, your sound sucks. It's you. There's one, it's you. It is a user error. And we finally figured it out and whatever. But, um, you got to get an indie. That's why yeah, I have I indie. indie. Oh, yeah, we have indie no, makes we all have the no, sound we good. We do have a sound guy, but I send it to him afterwards. Okay. And um, it's um, it's a lot of work. It's like having a child. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, you're now able to, like, with a book, you reach so many people, especially the way I books are now. Kindle and Libby and. Since June. Yeah. Since June. That's well, pretty I good. Well, I out my advance. And that's what I have to say. Like, it's a long haul. I mean, I've been flogging that motherfucker. Well, but also some writers I've never do that. 75% never do that. Whoa, I didn't know it was that so high. I've been flogging that motherfucker since 2017. And I remember when I first started, you know, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing to be like, buy my book. It's so Garmento Jew, you know, buy my thing, uh, buy it, buy it, here my. It's so great, buy. It's you know? the same. And my, 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 and I was just, I'm uncomfortable with that. You know, I, I like to create the thing and then someone else sells it. That's why you have an agent. That's why you have a manager. Like you do that. That's why you have a publicist. Yeah. Like you do yep. that stuff. That stuff makes me, right? I just want to write. It makes me very uncomfortable and it's like kind of like, ooh, it feels icky. And my agent just said, it is the long game. It's the long haul. And after three, they had a, I had a big publicist for like three months that the, that the publisher hired. And he said, and then it's all on you. And he said, and I go, but I feel uncomfortable doing it. And he goes, too fucking bad. Pretend it's someone else. And I went, he goes, most writers push their book for about six months and stop. And I was like, okay. And so I just kept doing it. And now I'm in a position where like, I'm in a good position to sell to, to get a second book deal. And, you know, I don't know, it really blew up in the pandemic for some reason. I think people got Netflixed out. Well, and like I got to read, you know what I mean? And like, 
Well, also people were, I mean, if you had any kind oh, of yeah. um, addiction is issues going into the pandemic, it was, oh. that is a really well, hard. Well, everyone's day I mean, drinking, suicides up 200%, everyone's having nervous depression, overdoses are, are higher than they've ever been. I mean, because we're in our houses, we're isolated. It's not good for us. And it's like, so, I mean, there's just been an explosion in you know, substance abuse and depression and suicide and whatever. And so I think that the book got, you know, people were like, I got to read something. I'm like, I need, you know, something that's funny. And, 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 um, yeah, and motivational like, in a sense. Like if, if you're, if yeah. you're struggling and you read about somebody who's struggling and that person by the end of this book has gone through all this shit, gotten their shit together seemingly, you know, and it's like, okay, uh, there's right. I can just I can right, do something I can right. I can take a step I can and I can not move very forward. many people are like why well, was that fucked up I mean like that story is fucked you know what I mean no like, I, I mean some Jesus people like, out of I read your book and I felt really relieved and I was like oh that's so nice they're like because I am not as fucked because I was you. never <laughs> I was like I wasn't as bad as you I mean so I could definitely get sober and I was like whatever dude I don't give a shit I don't care I don't care but that's if that's what it takes, then that's what it yeah. takes. Do you know what I mean? Like because the, I do firmly believe that your quality of life improves when you're not, um, craving or after something that's you know what I mean. Like um, if you're not always like drunk or you're not always like trying to escape, you know what I mean. Like Hi. life will open up for you if you can live in it in the yeah. present moment and focus on well, then you can what's be right there in front and you of you don't fucking make dumb sh mistakes and i mean like you know i mean i just it just for me it, you know there was no other option it was like you're gonna if you don't do this you're gonna fucking die like harm reduction wouldn't have worked on me like i didn't do, i couldn't do what you did i tried many many times could not you know yeah um, yeah what really changed for me you know, the big epiphany I had, I think that got me sober was not just losing everything. Cause lots of people keep going down. You can keep digging and keep fucking getting a lower bottom and a lower bottom and a lower bottom. I could have just like gotten with some drug dealer and become a prostitute and fucking made money and gotten, you know what I mean? Like, sure. I could, you know, I didn't have to get sober, but I remember sweeping the streets. <laughs> I was like, and I thought I had so many hours. I was like, fuck right so many hours oh like a yeah. record like, amount of hours like what the <laughs> fuck like every like people were whore. i saw so many people come and go and i was like still there you always there, there. <laughs> you know it was like and um and i remember sweeping the streets one day and i was really mad i was like i was just like you know fuck my ex and fuck the police and my lawyer sucked and this isn't fair and like you're sweeping like human feces i mean it's so like oh yeah the streets of los angeles are filthy everybody syringes <laughs> and just like it's just like oh yeah it's gnarly right and uh i remember and i was like you know feeling really sorry for myself and i was like and then i had this fucking moment and i went what if this is the best thing that ever happened to you what if this is the best thing that ever happened to you dressed up as the worst thing that ever happened? What if this is the crossroads you've been needing 
are there lessons here? Like, what if we embraced this? Like, what are the lessons that you could learn here? And I was like, well, I don't know. This is me talking to myself. I'm like, well, humility, and I can learn how to sweep, and, um, you know, I could learn how to do part of a team and compassion, and I can finish what I start and blah, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And then I was like, so I thought, okay, let's fucking embrace what we have in front of us. Because if you don't make this fun, you're not going to fucking get through it. Also, like I had hours and I couldn't do two days in a row because I was so fucking old and tired and weak. You know what I mean? I was like, I couldn't. I was like, I'd be in bed the next day, like all day. Um, And I was like, you better fucking make this fucking doable for yourself. So you better find fucking a reason to fucking like enjoy it and finish it, bitch. And I thought, and I just was like, this could be the best thing that ever happened to you. And then I found that Will Rogers quote, which is the opening of the book, which is the worst thing that happens to you can be the best thing for you if you don't let it get the best of you. And I was just like, okay. And I had no idea I was going to write a book at all, at all. But what, but what brought that? Like, why was it that moment that you were like, is there are there lessons I have no like idea. Why, instead of going this is something I can get through so that I can fucking get high sometimes get this no. fucking shit behind me but you were like I'm gonna take this thing that's now in front of me and use this like yeah it was just your God. time dad's like it's God and I'm like okay like he's like that what created that epiphany like why and I said I have no idea it just came to me and I was just like I mean I remember really thinking like I just had to reframe it for myself and then I was like. And so then I started posting about it on Facebook. I don't know if you saw the posts. Oh, God, they were hilarious. And I would be like, another day on the chain, gang. Like, here's what I found today. Like, here's what I learned. And I would do a picture. People were dying. Everyone rallied behind me. And everyone was just like, oh, my fucking God. Like, these are so amazing. And then when I finished, they were like, get arrested again. That was amazing. And I was like. And that's when Fuck the people off. that they loved it so much, I was like, I mean, I was talking to my editor at the magazine that I was writing for, and I was like, I don't know, like, I want to write a book, but I don't know what, it, like, you know, but he goes, the chain gang is the spine of the book, dumb shit. And I was like, oh, oh my God. So I had no idea yeah, I was going mean, to write a, a book such a when great I was part. sweeping the streets or that it was going to take me to where it took me. Do you know what I mean? Or transform me and I'd get eight years. I had no idea. All I knew was like, okay, I'm at the bottom of the fucking barrel here. I'm in sober living for two and a half years. I'm on Medi-Cal. I'm, you know what I mean? I'm babysitting for $10 an hour. Like I used to be in some high rise condo, married to some rich guy with fucking antique jewelry and furs and just like doing dick jokes for free. Cause I could, <laughs> you know? And now I'm here and I was like, like, how can I make this okay? And I mean, I literally got to a place where I like actually found it sort of enjoyable and meditative. I mean, there's something very meditative when you're very cerebral and you're in your head a lot, which can be a very bad place if you're a depressive or an addict, you know, cause you can really like spin yourself out into some weird dark shit. Yeah. Cause thinking is the worst yeah, addiction like, known to mankind. Fucking tripping about shit and like future tripping and like this person thinks this and I'm mm-hmm. this and you just start fucking going down some rabbit hole. And so when you're just sweeping, I was like, well, maybe this will like, it's like a moving meditation, Amy. Like why don't you just, just focus on sweeping and just like, you just, you're in your body. 
and I've never been in my body. I'm not a dancer. I fall down a lot. I'm not coordinated. You know what I mean? Like I'm a Jew, like I'm a cerebral Jew. So I'm not in my body. And this was a chance to really be just in the present in my body. And it really was grounding. And so, I mean, and there's a scene in the book where literally I'm happy. Like, I'm like, look at how, what a beautiful day it is. And it was like, I'm like singing like Steve Winwood, like the final things keep shining through, you know? And people are like, whoa. The, the bad moment. That's awesome though. Running into the guy that I'd fucked from AA. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure there were a couple awkward moments like, like that. I mean, yeah, that wasn't, that, that was uncomfortable. That was uncomfortable. Because he knew, did he not know you were sweeping right away? He was like, hey, what are you doing? Or was he, was he like, uh, hey, what are you doing? He actually didn't see me. He didn't oh, okay, see me, okay. But I saw him. And like the cloak of shame that came over me. Yeah, yeah but I mean, how long did that last compared to had you been ashamed, gone and got of fucked course. up, then, I mean, you know whatever. what I mean? I mean then that's that, why it's that just joke fucking... where I should have, you know, really just been like, how sorry are you that you got off this ride? You know, but it, but it was like, you know, <laughs> you I just tried to steal my ex and got out of psych ward. Look, I got been cutting on myself and like, you know, I'm a newcomer again. It's eight years later and you could have had all this, you know, it's like, but look, I can sweep now. You know, it's like, you know, fucking like, oh. <laughs> I can sweep now. I've yeah, learned some I'm basic real, homemaking really skills. <laughs> be a great housewife for you um but i was like you know i really uh, thought to myself like god if you if, if you kept if you stopped fucking up and self-sabotaging and getting your own way where could you be it's eight years later amy where the fuck could you be what would your life be like if you didn't fucking burn it all down every three seconds and you got your answer sitting in between book deals that's awesome i mean deal. a lot of people don't no, yeah I mean, but I mean that's also like is it like you know you know that's also like winning the lottery all of that you know that's like sure but are you you're talking about it not being you're talking about a scripted series correct right, yeah. you're not talking yeah. about like a I reality mean, like, yeah. it looks promising but i've also it had been optioned before and then it fucking went to shit and you know it's hollywood you know, and you it, know I mean, this I mean, town I mean, your dad's a screenwriter yeah, i mean it's, i already know this yeah. you know you can get caught in development hell and whatever. And so it's like, you know, um, I mean, who knows what's going to happen, but I'm just trying to, I get very excited about stuff, which is a problem, you know? Got to try yeah. to kind of even yeah. out that temperament like, you know, a little bit. Like someone's like, oh, they love it. And I'm like, a Tesla and a mansion. Where the tits? <laughs> you know, they, you know, fucking some movie star and loot to do. And I get a little fucking jowl lift and I'm going to be like, ooh, ooh, look 30 again. Like, you know. Well, You're spending oh, yeah, that money before the like, check is written. You know, and it's like, hey, slow your roll, dude. Slow your roll. That is promising, though. And then you just started working on the new book, yeah, or that's I wrote just started. Yeah, the first chapter. Take... My agent and I wrote most of the proposal, um, which is like the most horrible part of the whole thing. And so my agent is that like what oh, the uh, like a kind of a summary? And... Everyone thinks you write the whole book and then you sell it. That's not how it works. No one's going to read the whole book. No fucking publisher is going to read a whole fucking book. No editor is going to read a whole fucking book. Not even an agent. You know. So you write. A sample for the first book I wrote like 120 pages because a lot of it was based sort of on the style of my book and I didn't have much of a platform I have a more platform now 
um, they want you to have a platform. Like uh, publishers give a fuck about your Instagram account. It's so gross. I mean, it's yeah. like comedy now. It's like acting. It's like you go into a fucking pitch meeting and they're like, how many people oh, look at you God, online? It's right? like, I don't know. Put me on TV so more people look at me. Right. It's like, how, yeah, right. It's frustrating. You know, forget talent. That's the last thing <laughs> they know, worry it's about. It's, the, it's like, uh, now finally, can you act? <laughs> what? That's the last question you're asking? Yeah, it's so gross. And it's like, so I think, so I just, uh, so you write like um, like a sample of it. And then you do a proposal, and a proposal is a full outline of the entire book. Okay. It is why you're writing the book, uh, why it's important, who oh you are, God. testimonials, um, a comparative analysis to books like yours that have done well, and why yours is different and better. Like, like it's wow. a full, yeah, sales pitch. It's really. Jesus. That's discour that would be discouraging for someone like me. I no wouldn't want to write all that. I no would want to just no write the book. Write it. It's harder <laughs> than writing the book. And again, it's that weird, uncomfortable space of selling yourself, which is something that most artists don't like to do if they don't like that. No. But it's like you Yeah, it's, it's uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. So you have to do that and you've got it's really, really Yeah, a proposal's horrible. But that's what they're that's what they're they're like, is this book gonna fucking sell? What's your platform? They, because all they, they care about is money. your platform. I mean, so they want to know your uh, platform. How many followers do you have? You know, how many clicks do you get on your articles? How many da da da? And now, and now I've got you know. And so it's like it's like a whole thing. It's like my partner, my hey, business you know, partner doesn't care. He's like, I don't care about popularity. I don't care if people don't like me. And I'm like, but yeah, but you know what? That's how we get fucking sponsors for the podcast, and that's how I sell a book, and that's how like, you know, like you do. Because that's because popularity equals fucking money. And I don't want to be broke for the rest of my goddamn life. Yeah. What do you have a do you have a title for the second book yet? No. My dad gave me some horrible ones, but I did, yeah. <laughs> Which I didn't even pass on to my agent. I was just like, I can't those are just terrible puns. I was like, oh, so bad. Oh terrible, terrible, <laughs> terrible puns. And then like I had an idea and um yeah, he was like, no. So that was the other thing. No, you can't, it can't be a sequel. It has to stand alone. Oh. So, yeah. Oh. He goes, so he goes, he goes, you're famous in the recovery world, but you're, you were on the New York Times bestseller list. You're not fucking James Patterson, bitch. Like, no. So he goes, so it has to stand alone. He goes, so I'm going to make a rule for you for the proposal and for the book. And I go, okay, what's that? And he goes, you can't mention my fair junkie. Ooh. I go, what is this fight club? Like, what the fuck are you talking? Like, <laughs> Rule one, never mention yeah, the book you wrote. So I have to, it has to be a sequel for people who read the first book and completely standalone for people who haven't. Okay. That presents oh, its own yeah. set and of it challenges. Yeah. The whole thing, the which was going to be like, how people have you on a pedestal and think you have your shit together and your whole life's crumbling and like like what in what the social media world looks like versus what your life really looks like. And then yeah. I had to pull all of that and now I'm just gonna talk about sort of like that you don't arrive in sobriety. Everyone's like, I do get sober and then it's like perfect. It's like, mm. and so I wanna talk about how, you know, like I've told you, you know, just the wreckage of your past, just not knowing, you know, how to fucking live 
having a criminal background. There's still a lot of um, prejudice from the medical profession. You know what I mean? That's been fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's something I want to talk about. Um, prejudice from other people. Um, you know, especially being an IV drug user, people are like, whoa. Yeah, it's that's a hardcore. whole other level. And just being like, I drank too many Zimas. And then like I went to right. and I went to like <laughs> Le Cirque. You know what I mean? Like it's diff it's different. Yeah. I was on five Bartles and James's. <laughs> it's different. It is different. And and again, uh, not I'm not belittling someone else's no. issues, but yes, the difference I mean, like is like I said, booze made me more crazy than than uh, drugs ever did. Right. But you know, people get really weird about that. Um, yeah, it, there's definitely oh, a stigma. Totally it's not the socially no, accepted. You can't show up at a party with like a fucking six pack and. <laughs> hey guys, I brought the needles. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good. Like, the needle I mean, guy is here. In that, even Yay. In the book I talked about when that one guy was like, oh. And I was like, whatever, bitch. Like, this is what I'm doing now. So, like, either you're with it or you're not. You want to fuck or not? Like, because if not, I'm going to fucking roll and shoot. And he was like, no, 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 it's okay. You know? But it was like, that is, it, it is a whole other level. It's really dark. It gets really dark. But, you know, I used to do a bit about it, which was like, it's really about efficiency. Like, if you had to go to Uruguay, would you take a rickshaw or a rocket? Like, let's get to where the fuck we're going. Yeah. Let's go. That's really it. It's really yeah. it. Yeah. Once you've kind of like shot drugs, like snorting drugs, you don't go back. It's like once you've had like Tesla, you're not yeah. like, give me that Prius. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, no, no. You've you've uh, you passed that point of return. It's like it's sobriety or death at this point. Now, you know, everybody. Yeah. So. Well, thank you so much for taking okay. the time to talk to us today. To me, I should say, and um, I guess people the the podcast is a yeah, weekly on or rehab confidential Tuesdays. every tuesday so check out rehab confidential and you can get my fair junkie is um on kindle it's on, it's on you can get it on the libby app it's on audible voice. yeah it's on audible oh you uh, read you yeah. read your own you read the yeah. book that's cool that's cool because i don't know i think the author if the author can they, do they it i think they should usually you know? let you but because i'd had a performance background they let me and they were like i don't know who else could tell this fucking story do you know what i mean and, and so yeah. I was really happy they let me, but that was, that was a whole other experience where you're in this glass booth for five hours a day, just like, and if you fuck up a little bit, you've got to redo it. You're like, yeah, it was, uh, you know, but I'm happy I did it. Cause people are like, I felt like you were my, there, right there, like my friend and reading to me. And so I'm really happy yeah, that I got, yeah. I got the opportunity to read it and it's on, it's in paperback, it's in hardcover. I mean, it's it's everywhere. You know, you can buy it used, but that doesn't really help me. <laughs> but you know, so right. so definitely um, new is better. But um, yeah, it's on Amazon. It might be at Barnes and Noble. It's been out for a while now. Yeah, but it's very good. It's well written. Like laugh? I said, I equate it to. I laughed. Oh yeah, there was definitely there was definitely like, but also at the same time, it's like <clears throat> because I I kind of felt like. Like it was funny and then it was like, oh, that's sad. You know what I mean? It was like, it was a laughter and then it was like, oh, fuck. But like, because I know you're still alive and I know, I know, 
I didn't know how the book ended, but I knew that it didn't end with your right. funeral. So I was like, what the deal was, right? You were like, she could be in prison yeah, writing you know. this. Who knows? Like, I know someone Honestly, on Instagram, really? they were like, I'm reading your book right now and I want you to come on my show. And I was like, oh, cool. I'm glad. I hope you enjoy it. And they're like, I can't believe you're still alive. And I'm like, well, here I am. And they're like, I, I know that I'm writing to you, but I still can't believe you're alive. I mean, a lot of people oh, have very lucky. not survived I less. I am aware of that. <clears throat> and I'm very, you know, again, well, I don't take that lightly. Um, and I feel like, you know, I, I'm very, uh, you know, I don't want to say blessed or grateful because it's so like fucking like sobering. And oh, whatever, grateful is like, okay. You know, I, you know <clears throat> I feel very lucky to be here and um, definitely want to make a contribution and help other people. <clears throat> you know yeah which is again being yeah. of service but you, you know if helping. it wasn't funny it would have just you would have wanted to just like hang yourself from your shower spigot like yes. it's too dark i knew that it had to have comedy because it's just like otherwise you're just like oh god this is so sad you were you were um you were correct I with that like, that yeah. was uh the infusion of humor but also that's how true, your brain true. works like you you look at that stuff and you find the true. comedy in it that because that's, that's who you I mean, are I was you know that what I mean? in the psych ward I I'm, did say those things that's all true it's not I didn't James Frey it at all <laughs> and now that's a poor guy that's a phrase I didn't James you know, Frey this I li- book I know it okay, I like good. him I think he's very talented and I I you know you you know you get pushed around by polishers that's the story I heard anyway yeah no sense. saying you saying it that way <clears throat> made more sense to me because I, I was, th- was you writing know a memoir you they're gonna fucking dig it up of course they are you know and the publishers yeah. should have fucking but the publishers wanted to sell it they know what's gonna sell a novel's not gonna sell a memoir that's that gnarly because people yeah, love from a, a problem human. they love that shit makes them feel good they're like i'm better than that yeah. i'm here in my cozy bed drinking my cocoa wow that's terrible what a degenerate i don't know what that voice is i have no idea what that weird voice <laughs> you'd go you drop know, into old very, southern man very, quite a bit it's interesting <laughs> i don't know what it is i'm not sure <laughs> Well, uh, thank you so much. We'll put up links of where people can find the book uh, when we post the show and uh, links to your podcast. And I need Instagram followers, um, y'all, because I need platforms. Okay. We'll put up links to your Instagram, guys. Follow Amy. Give her a platform so she can get that second book out. And if you haven't read the first one, check it out as soon as you can because it is definitely worth your time. And if you have suffering from addiction or any kind of problems like that, we'll put up links to 800 numbers and programs that are out there for people and do not yeah, be afraid you, yes, to you ask can for help get better we do recover we fucking do <clears throat> recover people yeah, are resilient, resilient. gotta that's give it best, time you know i don't that's the line you know when i got three years again for the fourth time and i said to my dad are you ashamed of me when you talk to your friends are you embarrassed your kid's been in seven rehabs and tried to kill themselves and mentally ill and and my dad said my friends wish they had a kid as unbreakable as you that's nice like you know we're fucking unbreakable you know don't give up 
That's my note. Just fucking go. Give up. You know. That's great. Don't be ashamed. Fuck it. It's a good note. Funny. Fuck it. You know, it's like Bill Burr. Fuck shame. He's like fucking nice up. people are nice, but they have bad stories. They have boring stories. You know, it's like yeah, you get great stories. We have great stories. We're fucked up, but we have great stories. <laughs> Love it. Thank you so much, Amy. Really appreciate Thanks. it.